This Day in Crime is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad-free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. Let's start the show. Happy Thursday, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Todd McComas, and I'd like to drop some knowledge on all the new parents that are listening to today's show. If you show a photo of your baby to someone and they respond with, oh, he's so tiny, that person thinks you have an ugly baby. We know he's tiny. He's a baby. Now let's find out what's happening in the world of crime. Here's Laura Benson. A quintessential backstabber. A tale of not really friendship. A counselor's Mexican field trip finally ends. Please wait for the talking stick, Mr. Trump. And oh, what a nice watch you have, my dear. All this and more coming up on This Day in Crime. I'm Laura Benson, and today is Thursday, January 18th. Jermaine Rigor was taken into custody yesterday by the New York Police Department following five incidences and potentially a sixth of what seemed to be random stabbings across Queens, New York over the last nine days. This morning, he was charged with attempted murder. The first in his slew of stabbings occurred on January 8th, when a 61-year-old man who had no connection to his assailant was stabbed in the lower back at 137th Avenue and 157th Street with a hunting knife. According to NYPD Chief of Detectives Joseph Kenny, quote, in this incident, the suspect actually laughed in the victim's face after he stabbed him. This is incredibly rude. They do say that laughter is the best medicine, but I don't think it helps when the person who caused the harm is the only one laughing. After a few days hiatus, Rigor took it upon himself to begin patrolling 134th Avenue, attacking three more people within 24 hours up and down the street. On Tuesday, he stabbed a 34-year-old woman in the side, and the next morning he stabbed two more men within a 30-minute span, one walking on the street with his wife, and one who sat next to him on the bus and argued with him about a seat. All of the victims are expected to survive. The NYPD launched a public campaign to identify Rigur, and through security footage and victim and witness identification, they were able to find him. Oh, also, according to police, Rigur had a lanyard around his neck with his work ID on it while committing some of these crimes. So, you know, the ID definitely helped to ID him. Yesterday was a big day in the world of sexual assault and creepy but powerful men. First up, James Dolan. A former colleague of James Dolan, the CEO of Madison Square Garden and owner of the New York Knicks and New York Rangers, filed a complaint on Tuesday accusing him of sexual assault and trafficking. Oh, and like most sexual assault cases made in the entertainment industry, Harvey Weinstein was there too. Kelly Croft was hired by the Eagles as the band's official masseuse for a 2013 tour, and Dolan's band, JD and the Straight Shots, played support. Croft has accused Dolan of multiple occasions of sexual assault and rape, and has also claimed that she was retained on an additional leg of the tour by Dolan, a partial funder of the whole thing, for, quote, purposes of sex induced by force, fraud, or coercion. The filing also claims that in 2014, Dolan coordinated a meeting between Croft and Harvey Weinstein, leading to an additional sexual assault on Croft by Weinstein. 
In a lengthy statement by Dolan's lawyer, Donya Perry, the 68-year-old Dolan denies all claims and states that they look forward to court. There is, quote, absolutely no merit to any of the allegations. Kelly Croft and James Dolan had a friendship. You know, friends. Don't even think about hitting that fast forward button because I have something super cool to share with you. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. I can't mention sexual assault allegations without talking for a brief moment about Senor Donald Trump. You may have heard Trump's name before. Years ago, he was on a TV show called The Apprentice. And I think there was something else he did, but I just, I can't remember it right now. Former president and entertainer to a fault, Trump forgot the golden rule that you're supposed to listen when others are talking, or at least pretend to. Trump did neither on Wednesday when he attended E. Jean Carroll's defamation testimony and treated it a bit too much like a conversation. As a quick catch-up, E. Jean Carroll is suing Trump for defamation after the former president's response to her 2019 sexual assault allegations. The trial will determine how much money, if any, Trump owes Carroll for defamation damages. During Carroll's testimony, Trump was warned twice by the presiding judge as he made comments to his lawyer that were loud enough to be heard on the bench and under control. Look, man, I get it. People are talking about you and you want to have a say, but you have to wait your turn. 
especially when you're being tried for defamation. Try not to add more defamation to the list. It makes you look bad. Immediately following the court hearings, Trump got a chance to express himself fully and issued a very strongly worded video statement to the press. Then he headed back to the campaign trail later that day. You know, it's not often that we get to feature creepy women too, but today is that day. Texas state authorities announced late last week that after nearly a decade on the Texas 10 most wanted fugitives list, a former school counselor charged with sexual misconduct has been found and arrested in Mexico. Iris Ileana Rodriguez has been on the run since 2015 when she was charged with having an inappropriate relationship with an 11-year-old girl that she was counseling in Laredo, Texas. According to a 2015 police bulletin, Rodriguez worked at the Border Regional Behavioral Health Center in Laredo as a child, adolescent, and parent services counselor, which granted her access to the victim at school, quote, under the pretext of offering guidance and support for the child. This is so heartbreaking. I honestly, I can't come up with a fun quip about it like I can a lot of these other stories. After nearly a decade, she will face charges for three counts of indecency with a child by sexual contact, three counts of harassment, and one count of unlawful restraint of a minor. Thank you to the person who reported this through Crime Stoppers, and congrats on your significant reward for recognizing Rodriguez and tipping off the authorities. Okay, we're going to switch gears here to something a lot more fun. Imagine having a watch that looks so damn good on you, it is criminal. Everybody's favorite Austrian, Arnold Schwarzenegger, was detained in an airport in Munich, Germany, over a luxury watch he was wearing and will potentially be auctioning off at a fundraiser dinner for the Schwarzenegger Climate Initiative. According to customs officials that held him on Tuesday, Schwarzenegger was selected randomly to be searched. Obviously, this is BS. Of course they just wanted to meet him. I mean, I don't blame them. I would too. During the hours-long detainment, Germany initiated criminal tax proceedings against the bodybuilder, action movie star, and former governor, claiming the unregistered luxury watch needed to be declared to customs. An unofficial spokesperson who was present had some really silly things to say, claiming that it was an incompetent shakedown, a total comedy of errors, and it would make a very funny cop movie. The event allegedly involved officers bringing Schwarzenegger to a bank to withdraw cash after he agreed to prepay potential taxes on the watch, only to find the bank was closed and the ATM limit was too low. The ATM limit on the potential taxes of the watch was too low. Just take that in for a moment. Do a little mental math. This watch could pay a lot of people's college tuitions, I think. After a three-hour runaround, Schwarzenegger was released by customs officials, and I'm sure he was happy to say, hasta la vista. Well, those are all the sordid tales I have for you of sexual misconduct, stabbings in the back, and, you know, rich people problems. Hopefully tomorrow is a bit brighter and better. Make sure that you join Todd as he recaps the week and brings you new headlines for This Day in Crime. This Day in Crime is a production of Tenderfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey, produced in association with Burning Mountain Productions. Sources for today's episode and full credits can be found in the show notes, and you can follow us on social media at This Day in Crime. We're back at it tomorrow. Thanks for listening.